Welcome. I'm Lauren Ash, and you're listening to the Black Girl in Ohm podcast. Black Girl in Ohm exists to hold and catalyze healing within Black women around the world on their unique journeys towards wholeness. We support the necessary transformation, spiritual awakening, consciousness shifts, and intergenerational healing occurring within the diaspora. This podcast is a warm embrace, soothing realness, and conscious girl talk. Come into conversation with me and our spirit-centered guests. Let the journey begin. Hey y'all, hey community. I want you to close your eyes and just picture a sisterhood that's filled with thousands of journeyers just like you, lifting one another up, spiritual teachers, thought leaders, wellness practitioners pouring into you with their insights. Open your eyes and you should probably head over to blackgirlhome.com because we have this community for you. The Circle sources our members with empowering guides, divinely ordained connections, and culturally aligned resources for you as you expand into your most authentic self. I'm so grateful that enrollment is open and it won't be for long, so be sure to head over to blackgirlhome.com and check out The Circle. beaming right now. I'm so filled with gratitude, with joy, with anticipation for today's conversation. I'm in Atlanta, which I'm grateful for. Atlanta always holds a lot of magic for me. And I'm sitting here with someone that I'm just so blessed to to be with again in person with the Gina Breedlove. Hey, Gina. (laughs) Hi, Lauren. I... I just want to share a little bit of context for how we met because okay. I just find it, I find it to be super magical. So in this past summer of 2019, I decided to embark on a spiritual journey of sorts. I attended Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams Being Transformation Retreat. Mm-hmm. And um, Gina, you were one of just a few of really amazing facilitators who were also holding space for those of us who decided to opt in for something that honestly... We didn't quite even know what we were getting ourselves into, you know? I'll speak for myself. I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. It was more something that, like, spirit told me to do, and I said yes, and Mm -hmm. I had applied to it a whole six months prior to the experience. And I remember, you know, reading about you in advance and being like, that sounds great. And then day one, I remember just seeing you for the first time, and everything about your presence was like, you're intended to connect with this woman, you're intended to learn something from her, you don't even know what it's going to be, but it's going to be on time. Yes. And I remember very vividly, (laughs) they announced that there would be a sign-up sheet going around and that people could sign up to (laughs) have a one-on-one sound healing session with you. And I said, oh, I'm gonna get that. I don't know where I was, When the sheet went around, but everyone signed up basically except for me. That's what it felt like. All I knew is that the spots were out. I felt like I had missed my healing, but Mm -hmm. that's not how it works. When something's for you, it it will come to to you. you. Absolutely. And on, I believe it was a full moon in Gemini. (laughs) It was indeed. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Full moon in Gemini, you held space for the collective, Mm -hmm. and I was able to get 
exactly what I needed. And it was divinely on time. And I am just so grateful for that moment and the ways that it has continued to unfold in my life. So I share all that just to give some context about, I think, the power and the presence and the timing of our connection. And I want to allow you all the space to be able to share who you are today in this moment as Gina Breedlove. But I'd also love to honor and acknowledge Grace and have you share a bit more about Grace and who she is um, in this moment as well. Well, thank you, Lauren. I felt very much the same when I saw you. Um, quite purposefully, I do not uh, look at who's coming. I mean, it, there was this beautiful chat room that was created by Angel so that everybody could have a kind of meet and greet and ask questions and lay eyes on each other before the actual uh, retreat. And I don't do that because it feels important to me to be in the moment with folk and I rarely know who folk are or what they do in the world uh, so that I don't form any preconceived notions of who's in front of me. And therefore, when I rest eyes on you for the first time, I can hear spirit clearly. Mm. And so that's a point of entry. I am a sound healer and a vocalist and a composer, as you shared, and I am a medicine woman. Medicine Woman is a title that came to me about 15 years ago, and it felt really big at first. I thought, wow, okay, am I going to step inside of that? And um, But I answered the call, and so I have been wrapping that understanding of the work that I do around me. And my medicine is sound. I use sound to move stuck energy out of the body. I use my voice, chiefly. And uh, sometimes I work with other instrumentation, but it's really the human voice and the consciousness that is present, inherent inside of the voice, uh, married with intention and guided by a spirit that I channel. I walk with uh, a being that I understand to be an aspect of grace. And, um, you know, she's fierce, she's uh, compassionate, she's benevolent, she's clear. And she's love, you know, the work, the work that I do is rooted and only and always and ever for love and for liberation, right? And so the intention is to move grief out of spaces within the body where it has taken up residence, where it gets stuck, where we form narratives or, or um, this knowing of ourselves that is uh, generally formed around hard happenings or grief. And my job, my all-day job, is to use the sound of my voice to guide you uh, to using the sound of your own voice yes. to evict this energy from organs, from cells, from the energy centers of the body. Yes. I borrow from chakra science. It's not my lineage. Uh, but my understanding of medicine is that as long as you honor the altar where it comes from, then you can use it in your work. Wow. Thank yeah. you. So thank you for everything you just shared. I'd love to actually take a moment to dwell on lineage because okay. you just said that word and it popped out to me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of community members within Black Girl and Om, I would say, are curious about many different healing practices that, you know, have their own lineage. But sometimes within our kind of modern wellness space that we're in, you look at something, you're like, oh, that feels great, and you grab onto it, you borrow it, right? So 
What has been your own journey with identifying what is a part of your lineage, learning how to honor that which comes from your own lineage and saying, okay, I'm going to also, like you said, with the chakra lineage that you do use to, I guess, complement what you're doing, but that's not necessarily yours. How do you, I guess, navigate those things, if that makes sense? Well... You know, my work is is rooted in guided by spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I do as I'm told. (laughs) You know, I've been in practice for many years to give obedience to this energetic, to this word, and I trust it. And so chakra science, this ancient, gorgeous map of the body, is a guide. And when I am sounding into someone's body, I use that as a guide, as a primer, you know, a body map. And my journey to that, I, well, to begin with my own roots, you know, my medicine comes from my people, the mothers of mothers of mothers. I have come to understand that it's the womb that held 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 me, and, you know, forward and backward, and um, I come from folk that worship the root, the land, the rivers, the dirt, the moss and trees, my people be brackish water and oysters and gathering around and shucking peas and (laughs) picking pecans from the trees. And, you know, so I source a lot of my medicine from being a baby girl in those circles with my family and from the Pentecostal church, learning about praising and shouting and using my voice to lift spirit and to honor spirit. I think there was so much about religion that I found confining and and did not serve my spirit, but the rituals always fed me. And I found myself inside of those rituals. And I had always used sound, um, like my, my earliest memory of using the sound of my voice to create a sense of calm for myself and um, and also protection for my spirit. I mean, it was quite, I was quite clear about it. It was when I was five years old because something quite hard and terrible happened to me. Mm-hmm. And so I can call it up and I can remember beginning to hum and to sing mm-hmm. and to rock and to hold myself mm-hmm. and to lean into the sound of my voice mm-hmm. for comfort. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just sourcing the medicine of my folk became something that I realized that I could share with other people later on. But for years and years and years, I did this work on my own body. When I started doing the work for other people, when I started using sound on other bodies to help uh, create calm and safety and to move things, I began to look for other modalities that felt like a good company keeper, so to speak, with the, the sound medicine. And... I didn't know about chakras. I mean, I was, I'm from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and frankly, in my Brooklyn, there were no chakras. You know, you, <laughs> you there was no chakra science. You would get beat up if <laughs> you said the word yoga right. in my neighborhood when right. I was little. Like, I didn't have an awareness of any other way of worship or way of, of communing, you know. So, so I had no idea about chakra science, but... I noticed that I was guided to tone up the center of the body again and again and again um, when my practice was beginning and grew through word of mouth. Like, folk would just call me, I hear you do this work. I didn't even have a name for it, Lauren, because it was, I mean, you know, it was... 
how do they say it? Like a little too woo for me, mm-hmm. you know? It mm-hmm. was too woo-tastic. I thought, oh, this can't be happening. Even yeah. though I had the actual evidence in front of me, right. like I had some resistance to it for a while. Yeah. And this was about 17 years ago now. But I would be guided by spirit, by grace, to focus the sound and tones because I would listen to the tones that came because I've come to understand that the tone that will work and create peace in your womb, in your solar plexus, in your heart, and in your throat will be quite different for another being, right? And so, um, but what was consistent? was the center of the body. So I started doing research and I discovered, oh, those are chakras. Yes. I'm turning into chakras. Yes. And, um, and then I moved to uh, the Bay Area about uh, 10 years ago and um, where, you know, folks joke and call it Shamanlandia. But it is certainly <laughs> a place where I was able to deepen my medicine and where the idea that a woman was using sound to create spaciousness in the body was not a foreign one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I learned more about chakra science there. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, in everything you shared, I hear so much of the power of listening and the practice of listening. Mm -hmm. And in a conversation we had a couple weeks ago that came up as well, you mentioned to me that you often are woken up at 3 o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. and that you hear things and and you see what is found in what many of us might otherwise assume is just quiet, right? Just silence. And this kind of more radical acts of listening is something that has been very present for me actually since the top of this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been called to get quiet and turn inward in ways that are much more intense than ever before. Like, I'm like, really? You just want me to not do a thing and just sit here and wait and just hear? (laughs) Really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think that there's something really powerful there that we're not really taught, you know? And so I'd love to just talk about listening with you. Yes, yes. Listening. How can we better attune ourselves to listen? Well, I believe that um, the practice of meditation is a potent and powerful one, and there is absolutely no right way to do it. Uh, sitting and softening your eyes and and moving your focus to your breath and then clearing your mind. Mm -hmm. And there are myriad ways to do that. Sometimes people um, will vision a thought and attach it to a balloon and let it float away. Uh, Sometimes folk will um, soften their eyes but rest it on like a flame Mm -hmm. and just like put their whole focus in that flame. I like to have a low tone going and just lean into the sound of a tone Mm -hmm. and um, it helps me to get clear and then it helps me to hear better and this thing about hearing it feels to me like the instruction is coming from within my own spirit yeah like it sort of floats up from the center of my body yeah ideas inspiration uh guidance um if there's been something that i have been working with or maybe even struggling with for a while and if i just let it go and ask the question i will wake and sit and get some information about how to proceed how to move through the world and also i wanted to speak to this thing about 
attaching ourselves to other modalities. Um, if something is calling to our spirits, I believe it's for us. Mm -hmm. The importance of honoring where something comes from, because we have all seen, we've witnessed what happens when things are co-opted. And, right. you know, hasn't everything been co-opted at one point mm -hmm. or another? Uh, and stolen is a more immediate word. Co-opted is kind of nice right. when you think about it. Right. Um, and taken and not honored, you know? And if we honor the source of where things come from and also do our research, you know, know what it is that we're embracing, that's really important, I feel. Then we can source the medicine of it because we need all the medicine of these times. Yes. You are not the first person that I've heard say that they're being woken um, in the early hours of the morning mm -hmm. to and being called to sit and listen mm -hmm. and lean in because um, we are inside of dangerous opportunities and we yeah. will have to we will have to lean into the sound of our own voices and our own medicine mm -hmm. and our body wisdom mm -hmm. to navigate these times mm -hmm. we must do that mm -hmm. yeah I find that this acknowledgement of the power of our voice mm -hmm. um, as well as the power of listening but the power of our voice especially as black people is something I'd love to talk about with you. I have a very deep connection with my grandmother, particularly on my maternal side. Mm -hmm. And I was just so blown away by how when she transitioned in 2017 that contrary to feeling like I lost something, I really feel like I gained so much more, which yeah. was so bizarre because it was the first time that I had lost someone that was deeply important to me from this material plane, but I inherited literally, I, it, she's the gift that keeps giving. Um, and one of the gifts that I recently received from her, um, I have a book that is, I think about 300 pages long and it's this thick. <laughs> and um, it's essentially a collection of essays from her 30 year career as a columnist. Oh, wow. She did several other things, but she also mm -hmm. had uh, a column called Woman's View that she wrote her view as a black woman living in the Twin Cities in Minnesota about everything you can think of she wrote about. And for whatever reason, I had never looked at the beginning of the book. Mm -hmm. um, and this isn't really a book proper. My uncle compiled all of these essays and put them together. So it is a book. Mm -hmm. And on the first page, <laughs> she recounts a story of hers from childhood. Um, she talks about how when she was very, very young, they, her family were sharecroppers, you know, and so they lived on white man's property and they were toiling away in the fields. Her mother actually refused to allow her to work because she was a girl mm -hmm. and the man wanted my grandmother to work. And this white man comes into the house and starts yelling at all of them. And he's like, you know that I could just shoot you all dead and no one would care. And she said that her mother's reaction was to start singing. And mm. she was humming. And he left. Mm -hmm. And he didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So finding that out a few days ago before this conversation yes. to me, again, amidst all of the awakenings I've been having around listening, listening, listening mm -hmm. as a radical act mm -hmm. and as an act that I deeply need to do during a time in my life and career, quite honestly, where I'm more inclined to act and act from impulsive 
kind of energy. Sure. Even if I would have previously named it as like, this is just my intuition telling me to do this. It's like, no, sis. Right. Get quiet. Turn inward. Allow yourself to have time. Allow yourself spaciousness. All of those things. So... Yeah, I say all that to really just provide, you know, one of millions of stories around how black women's voices are powerful in terms of protection, in terms of providing some kind of energetic force that then heals, you know, and that's what you do. So. I'd love for you just to share more about, like, why as black people is our voice just so deeply necessary, transformative healing? Well, thank you for that incredible story. Wow, that landed in my spirit in all the good, good ways. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And um, and it took me right to the moment. She was doing all kinds of things. She was circling her family. She was rebuking this energy. Yeah. She yeah, has that force field of, of power and light backing his can you curse on this podcast? Yes, <laughs> okay. I can. Backing that ass out the door, honey. She yes. was <laughs> she was yes. repelling him yes. with her medicine, yes. oh, all the things. And teaching her child something to yes. in the process. Yes. What an incredible lineage. You know, we would use sound and song because using words were not safe. You know, our journey in this country, and I'm just speaking about this country right. for now, sourcing the medicine of sound. And, and cloaking it in song was a way of communicating, right, with each other across rows and rows and rows of fields, yes. right? And so I had a sound and a song and a tone for someone just died. Mm. I had a sound and a song and a tone for that baby's being born right now here. You know, I had a sound and a song and a tone for meet me at that tree. Midnight is going down. Wow. You know, we used our voices. The whale. You know, one of the things I noticed, the bulk of my work is done with black women. And I do work with groups of folk from all walks of life and all faiths and however you take a knee, folk come to me and find me. And the bulk of my work, and by choice, is with black women and the liberation of black women's voices. And... um, And the freeing up of bodies, right? And so that you own and have agency and dominion over your own body, over your own sound. And we, one of the things that's been taken from us is the wail, right? And so wailing, grieving, allowing it to come out of the body. And it was something that we did in service, not just to our own bodies, but for our families and sometimes for the whole community. Um, And... And we needed it. We needed the sound of our voices Mm -hmm. or we would have perished here. Mm -hmm. We we quite simply would have perished. Um, And so because inside of the sound also was, of course, joy. Like we kept joy flowing through our bodies as well. And our voices were a huge part of that, our singing and the ways in which we were able to touch each other because I couldn't actually put my hands on you, right? right? But I could I could sound my love and my honor and my covering of you from way across, from wherever I was. It wasn't safe. We could not show affection. Um, you know, we couldn't be. But our voices helped. It was a, it was a port of... Um, like a portal, right? An exit, yes. an entry. It was freedom. It was how we found and how we were able to be free yes. in these inconceivable, unforgivable conditions, you know? 
And I say that for these times, you know, forgiveness is a deep and profound and necessary practice. And I also believe in moving the grief before we move ourselves into practices of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I find that there is a lot of pressure for premature exoneration of a thing, of yes. a happening, of a moment. And um, the grief still gets stuffed further into spaces in our bodies. And so, like, we're living from the neck up, you know, and mm -hmm. being able to say, I forgive or I am past a thing where the body is telling a different story. Yes. So we needed, we needed our sound. It was how we were able to keep going, really, to keep living here, to keep loving ourselves forward. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And reclamation keeps coming up mm -hmm. um, as a concept, as a practice. I think it's so beautiful. I'd love to hear you talk about what it means to reclaim. And I know, you know, with your story, and you, you hinted at it earlier, and it was something that you mentioned, too, during our retreat this past summer, but your own narrative is rooted in one that an act of harm happened against you and you realize that through your voice you could reclaim. Yes. And it's so powerful that that reclamation comes from you. And I think that's really important to emphasize because we oftentimes still fall into this trap of thinking that someone out there is going to heal me. Yes. You know, or even when we do opt to work with healers, yes. which you certainly are one, that the growth that I'm able to do, the forgiveness that I'm able to move through, the grief that then is released from my body or transmuted is because of this external source. Right. And that's not true, you know? Yeah. There's folk who can facilitate the healing really powerfully, but it's always a choice that I make to ultimately free myself and and step into a greater space of wholeness. Yes. So let's talk about reclamation. Let's talk about reclamation. And also, it is absolutely um, to the extent of the capacity of you and what you're prepared and to hold and what rooms I like to think of these spaces in our bodies as different rooms what rooms you're ready to go into mm -hmm. to take that young person out you know that younger you that experienced the harm and bring her to your table because we need all parts of ourselves for this journey, yes. right? And so I think of myself as a doula, a grief doula, a joy doula. Mm -hmm. um, the word healer has been weaponized, <laughs> sadly. Yeah. And, you know, in the root sense of what I know of the word is, yes. it's not to fix anybody. Like, this, nobody needs fixing. Yeah. But there are plenty of folk who wish to feel more whole, to have dominion and agency over their bodies, yes. right? So reclamation, speaking of it from the work that I do mm -hmm. solely, mm -hmm. it is retrieving the stuck parts of ourselves from these contorted positions of harm. Mm -hmm. um, when we have, and when I had, um, such trespassing happen to me at a very young age. I was five years old when harm started to happen in my life and in my body. I found that when I got to my 20s, I'm 54 now, when I was in my 20s, any time I was in a place of being triggered, you know, by um, a relationship, by work, uh, by just living the day-to-day -day of being in this country, it would take me right back to that, those moments of harm. Right. And 
I did um, have some talk therapy. I tried that. And there were spaces that I couldn't reach. Um, and I think talk therapy is valuable and somatics. And, you know, there's been so many wonderful healing modalities that I have had the opportunity to move inside of. And sound would go into spaces where the words could not go. Yes. yes. You know, it was almost as if there were no barriers to sound because words my mind could attach to and create mm -hmm. story and sound would just go where it was needed. Yes. You know, I know that sound is like um, plant medicine. It is an adaptogen. It does seep into the body yes. and go yes. exactly where you need to be held. Yes. And, um, and so reclamation is about, I mean, it's, you know, it's about being an abolitionist for your spirit. Mm. And so I have traveled back in time to those moments of harm, and I've taken myself out of the moment. Yes. I have taken myself out of the moment and brought myself to present moment, and then I care for that baby girl. Mm. And the care continues, right? Um, I have not ever been in a space where I feel like I might not need to do that work again, and I've been doing it for over 20 years on my own body and, on other, and with other folk. Um, and... I'm a guide, and we go together, and yes. I stand by you, and the sound of my voice, and the guidance of grace, the spirits that I walk with, and those that you walk with, and together we circle you, and we take these journeys into these spaces of grief. And I'm not allowed to work with story, and so it is best that when folk come to me, I don't know anything about you, mm -hmm. so that my mind doesn't become engaged, and yes. I can be a pure and open channel. Yes. And then, you know, there are all these rituals that can be done to keep guiding yourself home, you know, bringing yourself back to yourself. I am a living testimony that you can return. I own this body, you know, and yes. there were many years where I was driven by what had happened to me yes. in all the ways. Yes. And now, you know, this is mine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, the voice in my head is my own. Yes. And so that is everything. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. That's so beautiful. It brings, like, I literally get emotional when you hear, when you say that. Yes. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> Absolutely. Love. Because it's just like. Yeah. I feel like I'm currently at a place that all of us on healing journeys <laughs> probably come to again and again where you're reminded of, oh, that this is this is what they're referencing when they say healing is nonlinear. Right. <laughs> you're like, wait, I'm back to this again? I thought I was over this. And it's like, no, you're back to deepen into it. Yeah. So to hear you say that you... Not even just to hear you say it, but to, like, feel it and the presence that you have with it around, like, I own this, it's mine. The voice in my head, it's mine. Yeah. And, you know, you're also on, it's, your healing journey never stops. Nope. But, you know, <laughs> I not. do see this place that you've arrived at, which I'm, like, I can't wait to be there. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. And to see it embodied is really encouraging for me. That's why I'm crying. I'm not even crying because I'm sad. I'm just like, oh, my God, yes. You know? <laughs> Yes. Oh, wow. I needed that. I needed that. Um, so I know that you are doing a lot of really powerful work at the intersection of, I would say, 
spirituality, culture, justice, activism mm-hmm. right here in Georgia. I am. And I would love to, you know, hear you speak more about that work because a lot of times, and I, I fall into this sometimes too, like I'll tell myself, okay, yes, there's these issues that are necessary and I and I could be, you know, giving myself more to them, but it's important that I focus on my own healing, on my own. And there's a time for everything, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm really, really inspired by people like you, by Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams. Um, I could list more people, <laughs> and I will in the show notes, that find ways to really have both happening. Like, mm-hmm. I'm working on the front lines, and I'm also working you know, at 3 a.m. in the morning with my own self and my own spirit that's <laughs> and right. my ancestors. That's right. You know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I see you providing a profound service for folk, you know, bringing folk um, that folk might not have heard of and asking them to come in and share mm-hmm. um, how to move through this yeah. and one more way. You know, one more gorgeous modality, one more practice, one more understanding, and also building a kind of solidarity mm-hmm. and interconnectedness. And so I thank you. I thank you for the invitation. I thank you for the opportunity. Yes. And I thank you for the work you're doing thank in you. the world. And I, you know, I'm guided. I'm guided. I have surrendered my voice to the medicine of sound. And I have been receiving and hearing the call to work with women around reproductive justice. And so I applied for a grant with the Solidaire Network that is doing um, a sort of research and development practice here in the South, trying new things, right? Because the old things are not working. And it is a very painful time in the South for, for women for reproductive justice, right? Like, it's like a constancy of um, assault mm-hmm. on our civil liberties. And it's a scary time as well. And so I am being granted to do this work, to bring sound to women who have had abortions, to bring sound to activists on the front line, to bring sound healing to those who perform abortions, to social workers who hold space and hear grief all day long. and mm-hmm perhaps don't have practices on how to move their grief through the body right. so it doesn't become attached to their own bodies. Mm-hmm. And women who are incarcerated, Spirit has been urging me forward to be inside of places where women are shackled while giving birth. It's horrific. And it's just inhumane. It really is. And so I'm I'm doing that work. Mm -hmm. I am so grateful that I have this community of folk that are helping me and giving me access into these places. And and it happens to be in Georgia, where I live now. I moved here a couple of months ago. So I get to work. Wait, only a couple months ago? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so thrilled. I love it. I love it so much. I'm just outside Atlanta in a Mm -hmm. very quiet place. And I'm always on a plane so to come home to quiet and trees and rivers and red dirt and you know my people come from red dirt and so it um there's a connection there for me yeah and so i'll be doing sound healing work inside of these communities Mm -hmm. and um, that work will begin in march beautiful yeah and the intention of it is to teach people guide people help people support people hold folk in moving grief out of the body uh, so that it will create space for joy and inspiration and the power that is needed to continue on this path yes you know um, thank you yeah thank you well we will 
have to update our community on how they can support this as well. Please. Because it's essential. It's essential. I'm curious, you keep on mentioning the importance of moving grief throughout the body, you yes. know? And I to just acknowledge that I think for many of our people, it's incredibly normalized that we just carry grief around, grief that we've inherited Mm -hmm. um, and then grief that we experience on a day-to-day basis, right? Yeah. And it's just like, this is how I am. This is what I carry. This is, you know, and and a lot of times it manifests into various forms of dis-ease and that's also normalized. It's like, oh, you got cancer, you got heart disease. It just runs in the family. It's like, why does it run in the family though? Right. You know, like where did this come from? What's the root? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't even really know the question I have related to this. It's just like a consideration for us to like delve deeper into around the urgency of healing and of allowing that grief to move through. And then what can be possible on the other side of that on a collective level, yes. you know, because, you know, our healing on an individual level inherently always ripples out and impacts the collective. It does. It does. And it's one of the reasons why I love group healing circles. You know, it's um, the energetic of feeling something circling and moving through bodies. And I can look across the circle and see that I'm not alone here. Yeah. Uh, because these narratives that we have to, um, oh God, all the things, put on your big girl panties, you know, uh, keep it moving, um, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things that were born from a legacy of not being allowed to feel our feelings. And, you know, go on and eat that thing and stuff that thing and swallow that thing. And that thing does harden and ossify and become disease, as you've shared. I am determined to break that up. I go into spaces (laughs) and, you know, our rituals around grief, our rituals were taken from us, right? Stolen from us. Yes. Grief, as is important to the body, as joy, as pleasure, as anything that is natural and organic for us, that moves through us. Mm -hmm. And it gets taken. It gets taken really young, and it's rooted in fear, of course. You know, I'll give you something to cry about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this fear that our children Mm -hmm. will not be able to survive out here in this um, construct that we have co-created. That is so very crazy, you know, and requires so much of us um, on a day-to-day. Yes. And if we do not take the time to move grief out of the body, it gets, and it quite often gets caught right here. The mm-hmm. weight of the unsaid in the throat chakra, I encounter that so much with women, mm-hmm. with black women. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing we do is practice moving sound out of the mouth, out of your right. mouth, drawing it up from the root and letting it come out of your mouth, right. and which very often will become a whale because that's what's been queuing up. That's what's been getting stuck. Mm-hmm. And so I understand um, the potency and power of allowing, of a creating the space and the time for going in and getting it. And then I know that there's also this fear that, well, if I start crying, I won't be able to stop. That was me about a week ago. I was like, why can't I stop crying? I went for a run. Hmm. Why can't I stop crying? I went to the gym. Why can't I stop crying? I went and took a shower. It was supposed to be my friend's birthday party. Why can't I stop crying? Oh, you're just supposed to cry. Yes. Allow yourself to cry. Let yourself do it. Right. Let it happen. I have come to understand that grief is not inexhaustible. 
Mm-hmm. It isn't. I mean, we go through waves of it, and there may be a lot to move through, but what's a lot? I prefer not to measure these things. <laughs> I love I that. make grief letting, yes. so to speak, part of my daily practice. Mm-hmm. There was an incredible teacher um, by the name of uh, Subhan Fusome, and she it was from um, Burkina Faso, of the Dagara tribe. And Subhan Fusome, Sisome, traveled the world for many years, teaching people how to move grief through their bodies. Wow. Um, she passed. She became an ancestor in 2017 Mm -hmm. and I took her class um, in the Bay Area about 10 years ago I learned so much from her and one of the things I learned from her as well is that healers have to move grief too Right? And so I make sure to make it part of my practice. Mm-hmm. And um, But I, there are ways to do it, Lauren. I, I tell folk, you know, take that Saturday off. Get the saddest movie you can find. Because yeah. quite often we're not able to access it, right? Yeah. We check our grief. We say, oh, I'm not as bad as, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and then we find somebody else that we know that is in some devastating space. Absolutely. Right? And so, you know, we just like, let us let me count my blessings yes. instead. Yes. That's a disorder. Let me just stay in high vibes. My friends reflected to me probably about two years ago that they would often find out really bad or, you know, sad things that I went through after the fact, but like several months after. Right. And I justified it at the time. I was like, well, because I didn't want to like go back into the bad space that I was in. I didn't want I only wanted to vibrate higher, which is a space for that. And I love the idea of vibrating higher. Mm -hmm. But slash and it was not honoring my emotions. Right. You know, and I literally feel like that time that I mentioned about a week ago when I couldn't when I couldn't stop crying at first I thought I knew what it was Mm -hmm. but then I realized it was just everything that I had been suppressing for a few months because I had had such a very full and beautiful end of my 2019 but slash and there were a lot of things that were triggering me throughout it but I only allowed myself to stay in some high space because I thought I had to you know (laughs) so it was just like Oh, you, the tears are coming? Okay, we're going to let you release all of it then. Right, right, <laughs> right, because it's an opportunity and the exactly. body needs it. Yes. Right? Yes. You know, I encourage folk to vibrate lower. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hit the ground. Feel the soil. Put your face on the, you know, I mean, you know, yes. maybe literally, maybe it's yes. a metaphor. Yes. Um, but it certainly is an intention because like you shared before, healing is not linear. Mm-hmm. It runs and moves in spirals, mm-hmm. right? And so the vibration can go down deep into the darkest part of the earth. Yes. And then you know, touch the the ocean floor and then, of course, rise back up again. And then that is more spaciousness for you to fill with all of the things you are calling forth in your life. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I say to that. There's so much more that we could talk about. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, we could be here for a while. (laughs) We could be here for a while. Um, Hmm. What do you have to offer that we haven't perhaps touched on that you would love to share with our community? Hmm. So we consider we're in a new year, we're in a new decade. Right. You know, oh my, fear. If I wanted to control you, I would keep you afraid. Wow. I would keep you in a state of fear. And it would be coming through your device, all your devices, 
it would be um, online at the checkout that 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 little you know video and I wonder how the hell did a video get in my grocery store it would be a steady stream of fear and I would be telling you at every opportunity that you are not safe yes you are not safe yes and to what end maybe it's to buy that shiny thing maybe it's so that you don't get out here and fight yes fight all the crazy that is coming through to take away yet another liberty Yes. Right? Maybe because you'll turn off and won't pay attention to what's really happening, but watch this shit show yes. of the crazy clown, right? And it's never been about him. It's always, it, it's never been about him. Yes. You know? It's a show. Yes. If I wanted to take you out of your body, that's what I would do. Mm. And then I would effectively own your choice, right? Yes. And so I encourage my community. I encourage us all to create the spaciousness to hear your own voice, yes. to hear how spirit is moving through your body, right? And that looks like pausing. It does. It looks like not buying into you ain't got the time. It definitely looks like putting down the whole notion of girl, keep it moving. Really? No. It looks like a return to kitchen table circles where you sit with your people and have tea and just talk to each other and touch each other's skin. You know, it looks like to me, I mean, and however that looks, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not mad at technology. I'm not vilifying it. it technology mm -hmm. creates the opportunity for me to work with my clients that live in Africa. Yes. You know, hallelujah. Yes. I'm really grateful. But like anything, it's how are we using things? And am I in charge? Am I, do I have ownership? over my voice and my mind, yes. you know? And so we can use our voices to do that. Your great-grandmother that hummed, was it your grandmother, your great-grandmother? Yes, my great-grandmother. Your great-grandmother. Yes. One of the lessons there was the sound of your voice can bring you back to your body. Yes. The sound of your voice can bring you back to place. And so I encourage folk, hum up and down that aisle when yes. you're doing your shopping, hum when you're driving, hum when you're walking, yes. hum your name. You know, and if it's not your name that you've been given that you feel a kinship with, yes. choose a name, choose a word, choose a sound yes. that resonates and lands in your body. Yes. That feels like home, that feels like love, that feels yes. like you. You know, all of these things are pathways to ownership of your spirit, of your mind, of your body, of your voice. Yes. Yeah. I don't even know what to say after that, but thank you. Oh, my pleasure. You just speak always so poetically. And it makes sense because you sing, and you sing in a way that facilitates healing. So mm -hmm. that is poetic to me. How can we all stay in touch with you and for those of us called to work with you and be supported by you? Yeah. How and where shall we go? <laughs> you know, I am easy to find um, my websites. Uh, the name of my work is Vibration of Grace because, you know, Grace. <laughs> because grace. And yes. so vibration of grace is one way to find me, vibrationofgrace.com and ginabreedlove.com. I'm here and I'm visible and I am committed uh, to the liberation of us, you know, one body at a time, yes. collectively. Yes. And I'm graced to do it. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you. This has been so wonderful, and it's so wonderful to lay eyes on you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you've been in my dreams, but I'll tell you once <laughs> once we go off air. <laughs> but wonderful. it's beautiful Yay. when you meet people who hold space for you, 
and then they continue to pop up. Mm-hmm. It's just a reminder of what you said about how sound is always moving around. Yeah, keeps And energy moving. is always moving around, too. Yes. I no longer question it. I'm like, oh, okay, there's Gina again in my dream. Cool. It means I'm on the right track. Or, like, cool means, like, I need to follow this, you know, path, whatever. So, thank you. Oh, thank you, love. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I affirm that you discover this conversation in divine time and that you'll activate any of the insights that resonated with you powerfully moving forward. Now, at Black Girl and Home, we're all about gratitude. So special thanks to our audio engineer, India Jordan, for adding your magic. Khalid B for your original music. Valerie Titus Glover and Rosalind Davis for your support in the production of this episode. And thank you, yes you, <laughs> for listening to the show. Y'all, Black Girl and Home is here for you. We're actively rewriting the narrative of what well-being looks like to ourselves and in our communities. To get more involved and to learn more about us, head to blackgirlandohm.com and join our newsletter while you're at it. If you do, you'll get an exclusive and free download of a meditation led by yours truly for Black women and girls everywhere. Are you also deepening into your journey of wholeness and healing with us on social? Follow us at Black Girl and Ohm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. What we're about here is real sustained impact. If you're influenced by something that you heard on our podcast and want to support, you can make a contribution today by heading to blackgirlinohm.com slash support. All right, y'all, breathe easy.